I'm all about efficiency. And these three little words are my secrets to working at my most efficient state. Automate, eliminate, delegate. When I really put this into motion, my world got so much more efficient. Today, we're talking about efficiency and how you can organize everything you need to do or think you need to do, then run it through this system. Can it be automated? Can it be eliminated? Can it be delegated? I only do something after I run it through this test. I have so much more time and I'm spending the majority of my time only doing the things I really want to be doing and the things I'm best at. I really believe it works for anyone in any stage of life. It will help you become more efficient and have more time to do what you really want to be doing because I believe we are the happiest when we get to do whatever it is we want to be doing most of the time. So this is a big deal. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. You probably know I love a good brain dump. When we're doing this exercise to become our most efficient selves, I love starting with a full brain dump. That means make a big list. Write it all down, big and small, the things you want to do today, this week, this year, or things you have on your mind and you're not going to do it till next year, but it's on your mind. Write it down get it out. Let's make a master list. Everything that's on our mind, everything we need to do, want to do, get it all out there, right? So there's nothing left stressing us out and clogging our mind. Then go through your list and see what falls into each category. Automate, eliminate, delegate. We're going to think, what are we best at and what do we like doing the most? Then we're going to think about What's not actually the best use of our time? What are we not great at someone else could be better at or more efficient at? Or what makes us miserable that we dread doing? Are you making yourself crazy trying to do everything yourself? I totally used to be like this. And I'm telling you, as as a former recovering, try to do everything myself person, you have to stop. There are so much better ways to do things and you will end up having so much more time and feel so much happier. So as we go through this and as we figure out, take each task and figure out where it falls, automate, eliminate, delegate, or are we going to do it ourselves? So let me go through each one, explain what each one actually is, how you can do it, and some examples of what falls under each category in my own life to kind of help you put it in perspective. So first, automate. Anything that I can make a process for today saves me time tomorrow right? So it's frustrating to spend two hours like, okay, so say you take the time to set up auto bill pay for all the bills that you pay. It's annoying to invest two to three hours to set it all up, but it will save you so much more time later. I mean, that's the obvious first thing. Auto pay, anything automatic that you can do online is going to just save you so much more time. And even if it takes time to set it all up, you're going to save so much more time in the long run, so it's worth it. You get a return on this time that you've invested. Automation, of course, takes more time, but then you just get, you make so much more time, free time later on. Other examples of how I automate. 
are Amazon Prime, of course. Amazon Prime is, is you know, I understand that some people dislike Amazon Prime because it takes people out of stores and different things. But listen, in my opinion, I still go to Target. I still go to the mall. I still do all those things. But as far as efficiency goes, you can't resist what's happening around us, right? You have to embrace it and you have to use it for for the best, how it can better your life. And for me, if I can use Amazon Prime, which is also giving people jobs and you know putting money into society and all this stuff, if I can do that and it gives me more time with my kids, if I'm Amazon Priming something instead of running out to three different stores and you know losing those valuable minutes with my family that are so hard to get, I'm gonna do it and I think you should too. So Amazon Prime, I think is one of the biggest ways that you can automate your life and get yourself thinking because I still sometimes go back to my old way of thinking where I'm like, oh, I gotta go run out and grab that. But sometimes you can get things same day or the very next day. And if you plan ahead, so you're not always working at that same day. So say you you know, have something special in the morning that you need a card for or you need a small gift for, try to think of these things a little bit before so you're not spending your time driving all over the place to pick up one simple thing or two simple things. You're thinking of it ahead of time and you're using your online resources to really maximize your time and your efficiency. So of course, Amazon Prime and like we touched on mobile banking, anything that you can do mobily instead of going into stores and spending time driving around and doing the errands is always gonna be more efficient for your time. Food delivery. I still, I mean, I know I'm kind of cheesy, like I just am one of those people that it's like, I can't believe how amazing things are, how we live right now. Like our great, great grandparents would lose their minds if they, like yesterday we were driving home from the airport and I, on my phone, did Postmate something for the kids and I did DoorDash something for my husband and myself and it was it, we got stuck in traffic. So each individual driver arrived before we arrived at our front door. They rang my doorbell through the Ring app. I said, would you mind please leaving it on the front door? And they're like, no problem. So even though we got home later in traffic, all of our warm meals were sitting on our front porch waiting for us. And because I paid the one-time yearly unlimited fee, it only cost me, you know, I think there's still like a little bit of a service charge, like $2. So it cost me very, very little. But how much time did it save me? Because normally I would make dinner or something like that. But after a long travel day, I just saved myself, you know, an hour of making dinner and cleaning up or time for all of us to go out when we're tired and we didn't want to go out to dinner. I, like I said, I just, I literally wake up every day and I'm like, I can't believe how cool of a time we are living in because that's pretty amazing that through my front door, I was able to tell them, hey, leave it at the front door. And we got home and there was warm meals sitting right there for us. And we just saved so much time. And I think a lot of people on a budget feel like food delivery service maybe makes things that's more expensive. And I think sometimes it can be, but look into the yearly plan again, like Amazon prime, how you pay once a year and that once a year can be mildly painful, but then you can enjoy it all year long. And how much time is it saving you? Even when I was young and I was working really hard and I didn't have a lot of money, I always saw the value in spending a little bit more, even when, like I said, I barely had anything spending a little bit more to get more time back. And then you just have so much more time to do things that make you happy or make more money because you just have more time. So my biggest ones are those type of things, Amazon Prime, food delivery, and also grocery delivery. With a big family, I used to spend so much time at the grocery store. I'd either do you know a big haul kind of twice a week or I'd go every other day. And it's just a lot of time. 
And I still like going to the grocery store and picking my own fresh things, but I never go to the grocery store more than once a week now. And we have a busy household with five people and often other guests joining us for meals. And I'm always prepping food and feeding the kids and ourselves really healthy, which is a lot of extra prep because it's fruits and vegetables and lots of stuff like that. But just by uh, having all this stuff delivered most of the time, it works out so much better. I just save so much more time. So I have a couple different setups that I love, like Instacart. I'll have all my favorite setup. Again, it takes more time at the beginning to put all my favorites in, but then it's so easy because if you don't do it that way, you could spend just as much time picking out all the things on the websites as it would take to just jam over to the grocery store and power it out. So if you take the time at the beginning to put in all your favorites, I do the same thing with Amazon Whole Foods delivery now that they've merged. I love that. Um, If you have a Whole Foods near you, the Amazon Prime Whole Foods kind of deal is so great because it usually comes within a couple hours and I have all my stuff saved in there. And then Instacart's great because you can do CVS or you can do, I mean, any store, any grocery store. Again, for the things I order on the regular, I have all my favorites saved so I can go in and do my grocery shopping within 10 minutes maximum. And then it's just delivered to the house. It just saves me so much more time and it's just so, so, so efficient. And listen, I'm not talking about automating everything. If you love going to the grocery store and it's a Sunday afternoon and you're not in a hurry, go to the grocery store. But I'm talking about, you know, on a Wednesday afternoon when you're exhausted and you've already done a hundred things and you have no food in the house, rather than hauling yourself or if you have kids to the grocery store and getting home even more tired and then you still have to cook, think about it ahead of time, automate it and have it delivered. I'm obsessed with it and I swear it saves me so much time practically every single week. All right, our next tool, eliminate. Think about, does it really need to be done? This one is especially hard for me because if it's on my list, clearly I want it to be done. But I've also learned sometimes I can make my life way easier and free up so much time if I eliminate things I really don't have to do. And the best type of elimination is the things that you eliminate, not just once, but for the long term. It just creates more time for you later on. The hard part is we all struggle with guilt. We want to say no, but we end up saying yes. You know what I'm talking about. The things that come along that you're like, oh, I just don't want to do that, but you feel guilty, so you say yes. And we go through our life trying to never say no. But here's the thing. You can't go through life trying to never say no because you're always saying no to something. Anytime you say yes to one thing, then you're saying no to an infinite number of other things. This whole thought process was so transforming for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. I'm so afraid of saying no out of guilt, but I really know it's something I don't really want to do. But in saying yes to it, I'm saying no to so many other things that I want to do that'll make my life feel full and rich that will make me happy because can't be doing them both. So anytime I'm saying yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. So Rather than going through life trying never to say no, think about what are you saying yes to and what are you saying no to and what do you really want to be doing? So I love that thought and it really shifted my thinking. When you're thinking about eliminating, think about what items on your list don't absolutely need to get done. What items do you think you should do, but actually it doesn't really serve a particular purpose? And the guilt thing, man, What are you doing for others out of obligation or guilt that you just don't have to do? And then, you know what another big one was for me? 
what activities are you doing? Because you've always done them, simply just routine, even though you may not need to do them anymore. That was a big one for me because sometimes, you know, listen, we need routine. We can't wake up every single day and make decisions for the day. We'd be making 10,000 decisions a day. It would just be decision overload. But sometimes we get in a routine where we're just doing things because we've always done them, but we might not need to really do them anymore. So think about that. And then there are other things that we could eliminate that we're maybe doing because we're afraid to disappoint someone, but maybe it won't really. Maybe that's all, that's all in our head. We can't be afraid to say no because it just doesn't serve us best, I'm telling you. And then also, what could we eliminate that we're doing mindlessly without intention? So for me, this is something like maybe you're exhausted and you start scrolling social media. Now, we all love social media, and I really believe social media brings so much richness to our life. I mean, for me, just the culture of the conversation and people talking and positive talk, and I... I love the benefits that social media brings to our lives if you use it in the right way, for sure. And through this podcast and through Instagram, I just feel like I've gotten so much out of social media. I mean, it's amazing how different things you could put out into the universe or post about in Instagram stories and someone gives you a tidbit and you're like, oh my gosh, whether it's you know a big advice piece or just like a little thing or something that they learned. I just think, again, it being so cool to live and exist in this period of time. How cool is that? If our great, great grandparents were like, you know, I have this crazy bee sting and I tried to do the things on Google, but it's not working, help. And then all of a sudden you have 30 responses, one of which completely solves the problem. That's 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 amazing. Our great, great grandparents would do a backflip. They would be like, what? They would mean, you know, Google, first step, amazing. Second step, having this community where people can share their experiences, I just think is so valuable. So- I see huge value in social media, but I think a lot of times we're doing it mindlessly without intention, scrolling social media or turning on TV and just zoning out. I really want to do a podcast on mind numbing because I feel like, especially as, I don't know, as I've gotten older and I have more responsibilities and more obligations and work is busy and kids are busy, I just feel like sometimes we numb out and I want to figure that out and how to not numb out on life sometimes. So anyways, I think that we mindlessly do things, whether it's watching TV or scrolling social media and think maybe I could eliminate this or the majority of it. If it makes you happy, don't take out something completely, but maybe you're doing it mindlessly and spending way more time than you want to watching TV, scrolling social media, or whatever else you're doing mindlessly that you could maybe eliminate. Here are a few examples of things I've eliminated in my own life that have really helped. Uh, community, commuting to work. So this is something, of course, that doesn't work for everyone, but I'm kind of just sharing a couple practical real world examples that will kind of get you thinking about your own life and ways that you could eliminate, automate, and delegate. So for me, I would always race to work as much as I could. So when my girls got old enough to be in school all day, I would drop them off. I would race to work. I'd have my food packed. I would not leave the office until 2 p.m. when I needed to go pick them up. I'd work from you know nine to two nonstop as fast as I could and I would commute. So it wasn't a huge commute, but certainly it added to my day and it just felt more racing just because of the nature of it. So after I had my third baby, Parker, it kind of, it kind of forced me to work from home because I knew I didn't want to have um, someone taking care of him full time. So I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to save time by not commuting and I'm going to, you know, divide my time raising a baby at home while working, which is a whole nother, a whole nother thing on it. So I don't know, a whole nother challenge, but by just deciding that I'm going to work from home, I'm not going to commute anymore was huge for me because even though I was spending so much more time with my baby and having those obligations and of course kid obligations and other real life obligations, just by figuring out a new setup for work and not commuting, I could compensate some of that extra time because I just wasn't spending as much time in the car. That really helped. For me, most of the elimination comes from stop doing things that I think really need to be done, but the result and the impact isn't worth it. It doesn't translate as much as the effort it takes. Perfect example is thank you notes for kids' birthday parties. So I used to send a handwritten thank you note. I mean, now that my kids are older, I would kind of have them send it, but you probably know if you have children, that means you're doing some of it or a lot of the work of it. But I would handwrite when they were younger, handwrite thank you notes for every single gift they got at a party. And a lot of times I would either take a cool group picture from the party and I would have cards printed with the big group picture and write inside the personalized cards. It was like the sweetest send off for thank you for everyone for coming and for the gifts and everything. Or I would do just like a generic thank you card, but I would print all of the photos from the party and then I would include some group shots and some individual shots of each parent's child in the card so they open it up and it's the coolest thing. They have pictures from the party with the thank you note. I like, I just loved it. I felt like it was the sweetest gesture and I still love it. And it was the hardest thing for me to eliminate. But the thing is, is start to finish, that probably took me four hours, maybe five. By the time I went online, and made the card or picked all the pictures and printed all the pictures and sorted all the pictures and wrote all the thank you cards and found all the addresses. I mean, it's so much time. And with all the other obligations we have, you're like, okay, well, five hours, that's a great impact. But how much time do you really have in the day after all your other obligations? For me, it's definitely not a lot. So I realized that that wasn't the most efficient way to use my time. So now I take a quick photo or a quick video when my kids are opening the gifts after the party. And I text for, for parents that I'm good friends with, I just text it right away. And I say, thank you note. I'll, as they're opening it, I'll get a cute little candid shot or I'll even have them do a video and say, thank you. And again, it's not like forced or orchestrated. It's just like, oh my gosh, how cute Harper gave you this sweet gift. He, do you want to send a message to her? And we'll send a quick message and we'll text it off. Or if I'm not good friends with the parents and I don't have their text, I don't have their phone number, I will email it off. So funny, my kids say, can I have her text instead of, can I have her phone number? I just said that. Um, So then I'll email it off and then it's, listen, it's not as great, but they don't even really know the alternative. Well, unless they use it in my personalized thank you cards, then they do know the alternative, but it's not any, it's not any less. You're still being grateful and thankful and you're still sending off the same sentiment. It just took me no time because I'm sitting there watching them open the presents and organizing the list anyways. And I send it off and I'm doing it as it's done. And then it's checked off the list and I've saved myself half a day of work sending out these personalized thank you notes. Again, the other way was better, 100%. But was it really worth the effort? I just decided it wasn't. Other things along these same lines are doing an over-the-top snack for preschool. I, oh my gosh, I love Pinteresting these things. I think it's just so sweet and so creative and I still do things time to time, but I don't put the pressure on myself anymore. So listen, the kids are two and three and four. They're just happy to get a yummy snack. It doesn't have to be rainbow organized on a, you know, a safe little skewer, not like a pokey skewer, but you know what I mean? Like a kid skewer. I would do rainbow fruit. I would cut it 
hand cut it with little different shapes. So it would be like, um, start with a watermelon and it would be a butterfly shape. And then it would go all the way down at hearts and stars. And I would go all the way down until we got to a purple grape at the end. And it would be these rainbow skewers and they would be the cutest, most Pinterest worthy things. And I was so excited about them. And the teachers were excited and they thought it was so fun. But again, start to finish that process probably took me three hours to buy all the things, cut them all, get them all, get them all on the thing, or, you know, order the skewers, everything I need, all the steps just added up. And although I love doing things like this and it was so super cute, really those three hours, me doing something else is such a better use of my time. And also, you know, sometimes you could kind of have your kids help do those things, but it's also a lot of times, like I said, anything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. Likely I was not spending time with my kids that evening that I could have been if I didn't kind of create this over the top project for myself. There was just a little bit overkill. They are cool with some yummy, you know, semi-creative snack. They don't need that 110% over-the-top thing that I love. And again, if it's something you love doing and you have time and that's what you want to do, like in your free time as, you know, as your thing, do it. But I realized I was putting all these things on myself to do it every time and it just didn't make sense. So on the regular, I eliminate that and make it more simple. And then I pick those, you know, more rare specific times when I want to do it 110%. And it doesn't feel like an obligation and it's just not taking up so much of my time. So many of these things are just not that important in the big scheme of things. So when you're doing this, I think it's so important to think about what you're doing and think about what can you really eliminate that aren't huge to you in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, maybe things are different for you than they are for me, but just make sure you aren't eliminating things that are important to you. Realize that whatever you leave on your list to do represents a trade-off of your time. The more time that you're spending doing things that aren't necessary, the less time you have for the meaningful things in your life. I, you just, I really believe you have to be relentless about eliminating things you absolutely don't have to do or you don't want to do. Eliminate. All right, on to delegating. So there are so many different ways to delegate. And for some of us, delegating can be more difficult than others. For me, delegating is not hard. Well, it's not that hard anymore. It used to be super hard. I'm not a overly controlling person, but I do like to do things at 110%. I like things done. You know, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. I want to do it the best. I want to, I just want to make sure it's seamless and flawless. And, you know, I'm a little bit specific about certain things. So delegating was difficult for me, but after I started doing it, it got a lot easier. So there are a couple different ways that you can delegate depending on what stage of life you're in. If you're if you're a mom, if you have kids, if you're in college, uh, maybe your kid maybe your kids are in college and you have different things going on and different things on your plate. But think about the things that you could do that either someone else could be better at or you just don't like doing it. And maybe if you're a mom, you make a list. So when you have a babysitter, they can help you with these things. I think there's a lot of babysitter time. I love babysitters who are awesome with the kids, but also hard workers and will do things like I would do. So as long as the kids are safe and happy, they have no problem powering through a little list you've left that saves you time. So I will never have my babysitter watch my kids. And then, you know, once the kids go to bed, I will never have her, you know, do nothing. I'll say, okay, once they're 
in bed, you know, here are a couple things. If you could try to get to all of them, that'd be great. If you don't have enough time, depending on whatever happens, I totally get it, but try. It'd be great if you get through this, whether it's clear out the sink of dishes or move over the laundry or fold the stuff in the dryer. It's all the things that I would be doing if I were home, make a list for them and pay them nicely. So they're happy to do it. Listen, you're paying them. They know they're being paid to do a job and have them do those things. Use those babysitter hours to get the extra things done around the house. That's really helped me. And if you are at the age where your kids can be helpful, maybe you can have them help with things. A lot of times we know help is like help-ish, but it's good for them to see. And it could actually help at least a little bit. A lot of times we don't delegate because we think other people can't do it as well as we do it. And I think a lot of times that's absolutely true. But one thing that was difficult for me, but I've really learned is you have to allow for a little bit of imperfection and also understand they'll likely get better at it. I realized I was afraid to delegate certain things because it wasn't going to be done the same way. It wasn't going to be the same way I would do it. And it wasn't going to be perfect, but I have so much more time. I'd rather allow for a little bit of imperfection and not have that thing to worry about. So I've really found there are so many different ways that you can do this. Maybe you get a virtual assistant. You can have someone who helps you a few hours a week. You can find someone. There are so many different websites that do it and they can be so reasonable. So it's people who work from home behind their computer and they help you with whatever you need. So they could be international. I first had a first virtual assistant. I I used um, an international service. I had just listened, when I, when I first read the book, The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, so, so many years ago when I was new in business. And he really recommended these international um, virtual assistants. So that was the first one I got. And it worked. There was a little bit of a language bar- barrier. And if they made calls for me, there was a little bit maybe of an accent issue. And also um, the numbers that they would use would come up weird on people's phones. So they wouldn't want to answer, kind of stuff like that. So I, I figured out that, okay, if I'm going to use a virtual assistant in another country, I'm just going to have them do research for me or things that are only on email and usually just stuff that communicates with me, just because it was a little bit of friction and made things a little bit more complicated when they were calling others or emailing others or things like that. But for me, it was great because if I'm creating a new product, I want to research certain very specific things about different products or different ingredients or other things that are on the market. I want someone to go through and I'm going to say, listen, there's this ingredient. I want to know everything you can find on the internet, but don't just copy and paste it. Give me, you know, the bullet points, give me the best articles I need to read and give me one big summary. Things like that are great for someone who is a low cost virtual assistant in another country. But for me, if I want to do things where I have someone communicating with others or making calls or I want them on the same time zone. I'll hire a virtual assistant, which again, they're all really reasonable, everyone that I've ever used, and I'll work with them. A lot of times you never even meet them. I mean, you could FaceTime with them or whatever it's necessary, but a lot of times you just go back and forth on email or text and it works out really great. And I think a lot of people don't do this because they think, okay, well, I'm not a business owner or why would I, you know, why would I need a virtual assistant? Why would I ever have that expense? But I think for so many different things, you could you could use one, try it out. It doesn't cost you a lot of money and it will save you so much time. Now in doing this, whether you use a virtual assistant or you find someone else that can help you, I think it's the most important just to find the right person and then show them how you do it. Show them how you do it. Show them how you think it's the most efficient 
but then let go a little bit and focus on the outcome and let go of the process per se and just more so for focus on the end result and not try not to micromanage them. They've seen how you do it. Hopefully you found the right person or what you think is the right person and let go of the process and think about the outcome. I think it'll really help you in trying to delegate. Okay, so next, we've worked on all these three things. We've talked about automation and elimination and delegation. Now, what's left on our list? Evaluate what remains. Your list should not be a million miles long anymore. It should only be left with your essential few things. And that's the best part. These things should be the things you like doing and you're the most efficient at and you want to be doing. Now, this whole process of automate, eliminate, delegate, you can even do mentally. You don't always have to write it all down and do a full brain dump, although I do love a brain dump at the beginning as you're starting this process. But even on the daily, quickly, like say you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get groceries. I have to drop off the dry cleaning. I have to, all, I have to figure out these conference calls and these, whatever it is, I, I stop myself and I think, okay, mental list. These are my five things. Is there anything on this list I can automate, eliminate, or delegate? So before I even start racing, I just run it through the quick list. And oftentimes it helps me set up my day so much like less hurried and less rushed, even though I'm always moving quickly. I just don't have that sense of stress because I'm intentional about what I'm doing and I've run it through my list. And, you know, a great way if you're not sure how to do this or how to plan is to look back on your last week or your last month and look at your calendar or, you know, look at what you did and think, what was a good use of time and what wasn't? What are the things that I did that I could have eliminated completely? Like maybe ended up being a waste of time or just weren't, they didn't give me enough value for the investment of time that I made. And what does this teach me for the future? I'm all about learning from mistakes. I mean, this whole podcast is about trying to be our best selves by learning from things. And most of it's learning from fails and mistakes. And I think looking at what you wasted your time on is like so positive. It shouldn't be a negative thing. It's like, cool. What did this teach me for the future? And could I have simplified things? What systems and processes or resources or people could I have utilized to make so much of this more efficient and easy and better for the long term? And I also always think about what could I have automated? What systems could I have set up or processes that mean I don't have to do everything manually each time? I think about, okay, look about my last week or my last month. What could I do so that happens automatically? And on to delegating, what could I have done in this last period of time that I could have delegated? And who could I have delegated to? What could have been faster or better or more efficient? And maybe you already have someone in place who you could delegate this work to, or maybe you need to find someone. Whatever it is, think back on what you've done that someone else could do or do better or you just don't like doing. And I really think if you do this exercise for your past week or even your past six months, even better, imagine how helpful this is when you apply all this information and all this learning to your vision for what you have in your next week or your next six months. I just think that this is the best way to cut down your workload, save you time and effort and money, and you get even better results and you could make more money, be more efficient, have a better, higher performance level, 
and as a result, a better quality of life because you're not doing the things that you dread doing. You know, it's crazy because in my life, I felt like at times I either have lots of time and not a lot of money or not nearly enough time, but money is more comfortable. So whether wherever you fall in this moment, the bottom line is we all want more time, more time to do whatever it is we want to do, whether it's adventuring and hiking or running a marathon, or maybe it's some sort of super chill, chill relaxation or some sort of self-care, like making time to get a facial or get your nails done, or make time to just be at home and do those things yourself. Give yourself a mini facial or a mini pedicure. More time to do what you really want to be doing is always a good thing. That's why I love studying efficiency and applying it to my own life and just figuring it out and seeing what works best. I know a lot of people will listen to this and maybe they'll take the whole concept and try to completely run their efficiency this way. And other people will take a few tips and implement them. And that absolutely works too. With everything we talk about, it's all about taking the information and applying it to your life in the way that you think it works best for you. The one thing I will say is, it's easier to stay in your same routine. It's much harder to change it up. So I challenge you to do it the full way. Make a big list and work on all these things. Automate, eliminate, delegate. Change it up a bit and give it a try. It can give you a lot of free time and less stress because you'll have less to do and less to worry about. I'm a big fan of looking at what we're doing and what parts of it you like doing and what you don't like doing. What do you dread? Maybe if you don't have to dread it, maybe you don't have to do it at all because for so many things, you can delegate, automate, and eliminate. Let me know, please, how you use these tips in your life and how it helps you. Ping me on Instagram and comment on the post about this episode. And thank you guys so much for listening. And cheers, friends, to doing what we want to be doing most of the time. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.